Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. Just a few thoughts before we continue in ministering unto the Lord. You know, there's much talk about this last great move of God before we usher in the return of our Lord. And we do believe he's coming soon. Amen. We do believe that. Prayerfully in our, our time, we, we think that. Could be. But we don't set dates. We're not date setters. There's uh, not a reason to do that because only he knows the date, the time, and the hour. But we have seen the signs that are taking place in the earth even at this time. So. It's important to know that uh, we're to be ready. One big message I can share with you on the eschatology on the last days is be ready. Amen. That's the most important thing to know. Amen? Amen? So let's prepare ourselves and let's get ready. Uh, we've been, I believe, influenced by many others that are out there in the church world today with this truth that this last great move of God's going to be ushered in by a resurrection of reverence, Holy fear, godly reverential fear, and holiness. People really realizing that God is a holy God, and he's to be greatly feared. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and held in high regard and esteem among all those around him. Amen. And so in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, these verses, let's read. Here's Peter's admonition. Some things he said, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. And this is way back then. In other words, get your mental powers ready to make right choices and decisions. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As be children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye. Holy. Man, let's just stop right there just for a moment. As he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation or lifestyle. Wow, even as he is? What a tall order for all of us. Because it is written, be ye holy. Why? For I am holy. And if you call upon the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Wow. So I think Peter's making that very clear that we serve a holy God who's called us to be holy. There's a calling upon all of our lives to be holy and walk in the holiness of God. And we do so by understanding the concept and principle of godly fear. It's godly fear that God treasures. Treasures. That means when a man truly fears God, you've got his attention. It's something that keeps us from getting off course with God. Look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 because holiness is twofold. We've been called to be holy, but there's two things to understand. Number one, we are holy 
positionally in Christ. Aren't you glad you had nothing to do with you becoming holy? Nothing at all. In Christ, positionally, we are holy. Thank God. I know that's hard for some people to even say, I am holy. But you are holy. Not by choice. He made you holy when you accepted Christ as your Savior and Lord. But then there's, positional, there's practical holiness. And that's this verse right here. Let's look at this. Actually, it's called sanctification. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication or immorality and that sort of thing. So practical holiness involves sanctification. It's a process that we're involved in from the moment we got saved until we depart to go be with the Lord. But now let's look at this admonition here in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14 because this is so important. Follow peace with all men, not just the ones you like. And what? Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Whoa. Did you get that? I would say that as far as he's concerned, he's saying that it's not even optional, but it's required. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And so we have to understand that God has called us to be holy. He mandates that we walk in holiness and allow who we are on the inside to manifest on the outside, which is outward holiness in our lifestyle and the way we conduct ourselves. It's not like these that preach and teach doesn't matter how you live anymore once you get saved. Once saved, always saved, etc., etc. No, thank God you can stay saved in Christ, but he wants us to walk in holiness. Now, holiness isn't, it isn't self-earned or self-achieved. It's not something that we can do on our own. There's nothing, no level of goodness that we could possibly manifest or we could become holy in the sight of God. Also, it's not being separated from practical living. Look in the book of Colossians, chapter 3 and verse 2. We're not being separated from living this life here on the earth. Set your affection on, those th on things above, not on things on the earth. Some people have taken that verse of Scripture, they become so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. In other words, he's saying, wait a minute. You should think about heavenly things, but that doesn't mean that we are left here not to consider earthly things. We have responsibilities and duties here upon the earth. So the time we spend with God, getting our minds set on things above, is to empower us so that we can live lives on this earth that glorify him, lives of holiness, where we love God, where we love people, where we serve Christ and do his will, where we serve one another, etc., etc. This is all the manifestation of holiness in the life of a believer. As an ambassador for Christ, we are represent him, and he is a holy God. And so we're to walk out that holiness as we live our lives upon the earth. Now, holiness comes from uh, to us, how? Through Christ. Look in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be what? Holy and without blemish. What he's saying is this. Christ laid down his life for the church so that the church can be holy. 
He sacrificed his life. He gave up his entire life here upon the earth so that we could be children of the Most High God and be a church that's without spot, without blemish, a church that is holy. So he's called us to holiness. And then in, in the book of Philippians, you know, there's verse chapter one and verse six. We are holy and our holiness, which is within, comes from Christ who died for us. And now that we're holy inwardly, God wants it to manifest outwardly, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it or even perfect it until the day of Christ, of Jesus Christ. So growing in holiness is a lifelong process. It's called sanctification. God wants us to be changed from glory to glory, transformed every day of our lives. We should desire it. We should welcome it. Why? Because without holiness, no man's going to see God. Finally, God is a holy God. Look at the book of Revelation, chapter 4. You don't have to prod somebody, encourage somebody to worship God when you see him as being holy. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, holy, holy. Isn't that something that Isaiah did when he saw the Lord high and lifted up and full of glory? And he saw the angels, and what did they do? They cried out what? Holy, holy, holy. So in other words, when we have a true revelation of God, yes, God is love, but he's also holy, and he's revealed to us in the Old Testament as being a holy God. And they're not crying out love, 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 or peace, 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 or joy, 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 but they're crying out holy, holy, holy. I would just welcome if he would just take the curtain and just remove it so we can actually see him that way, high and lifted up and full of glory. And we could watch and listen to those angels crying out, holy, holy. It's so impacting. What it did to Isaiah is just beyond words. So we serve a holy God. Look at Isaiah chapter 40, verse 25. Who will compare me? Who will you compare me to? Or who is my equal? Asks the Holy One. Look at this from the Holman uh, Christian, Holman translation. Who will compare to me? Who will you compare me to? Or who is my equal? Asks the Holy One. In other words, is there anyone like me? No one. Incomparable. Can't compare him. So we serve a holy God who desires and requires holiness from all of us, that we walk in the fullness of this holiness. But for us, it's a process, like I said, that takes time over our entire lifespan on this earth. We should be growing in holiness, just like we grow in righteousness consciousness. We grow in holiness because we're still living in these fallen bodies. Paul says, I got to beat mine up every day. I think we have got to do it as well. Amen? But look at this verse here in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 5, because here's our motivation. Remember Hebrews said that we are to live our lives on this earth in godly fear. We know that we serve a holy God, so our lifestyle is to be one of holiness. For we must all appear and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive his pay according to what he has done in the body, whether good or evil, considering what his purpose and motive have been and what he has achieved. 
been busy with and given himself and his attention to accomplishing. You know, that's worth looking at that again. Wouldn't you say? Let's read that again. We're all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And we know it's not to see who goes to heaven and who doesn't make heaven. We're already made. We have made heaven. We're there. But here he's judging the things that we've done in our body, whether it be good or bad. And the motive of our heart, in other words, the reason why we did it, the motivation behind our doing it. Okay, so let's read it again. For we must all appear and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive his pay according to what he has done in the body, whether good or evil, considering what his purpose and motive have been and what he has achieved or been busy with and given himself and his attention to accomplishing. So in other words, what have we been busy with? What's the most important thing to us? Remember, this life is short-lived. My goodness, we're here for, even if you say 100 years, most don't make that. It's nothing compared to the backdrop of eternity. Eternity is forever. And that judgment that's pronounced upon us for the things we've done in our body, good or evil, will be with us for the rest of eternity. So what really they're saying is we need to strive to be pleasing to God as we live our lives in our body upon the earth, knowing that one day we're going to stand before that judgment seat of Christ to determine our reward, whether we get one or whether we don't. And so that should awaken all of us and motivate us to get to a place to say, you know what? It's time to get even more busy with honoring God. And basically saying, you know what, not my will be done, Lord, but your will be done in my life. I'm going to live to honor you, to serve you. I'm not here to say for me, for myself, for wrong motives, for wrong reasons. I'm here because you purchased me with your precious blood and I belong to you. And I give myself completely to you to be used as you would have me to be used. We can lose sight of that as we serve the Lord for so many, many years. You realize that? It's easy to lose sight of that and kind of let it slip to the back of our minds. It's not what I want. It's what he wants. It's not what I will. It's what he wills. And the challenge, there's so many challenges. Like, I want you to love that unlovely person. I want you to speak well of that person that's been speaking evil of you. I want you to lay down your life for this particular cause. And you know what? I don't want you to do what I want someone else to do. I want you to do what I want you to do. Peter, what's it you're concerned what John's going to do? I didn't call you to do what John is going to do. I've called you to do what I want you to do. I think everyone who's called of God wars with that. Trying to compare yourself to somebody else and what they're doing, what ministry they have, this, that, or the other thing. But you know what? It's personal. And I'm glad to say this. I'm only to do what God called me to do, not what somebody else has been called to do. And you know what? We're all better off for doing it. If all I want you to do is this, he says, then do it. If all I want you to do in, a, in, a, in let's say, a public church setting is just to usher, then that's what I want you to do. Play musical instruments. That's what I want you to do. Be uh, respectful of that. Honor that. Do that. If I want you to preach, then preach. If I want you to teach, then teach. Whatever it is I want you to do, I, I know you better than you, than you know yourself. Just do it. Amen? Just do it. 
So God wants us to be set apart for his purpose and use. And he wants our motivation to be godly, reverential fear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, we're told in the scriptures. You know what that means? You don't know anything and you're not wise until you start fearing God. It's the truth. And when you start fearing God and doing it his way, man, now you're learning something. Now I'm learning something. Amen.